And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, good afternoon, sir. How's it going? Good, good. I, you know, most of the times I come over here and I'm hop, hyped up, ready to go. <laughs> it, we're filming on a Tuesday, and I've had two days of work, and I'm exhausted right now from work. I bet. I've been putting in a, a bunch of extra hours, and on top of it, you know I've been watching that show Better Call Saul. Yeah, and um, uh, one of the last episodes was last night, right? Right, exactly. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to give anything close to spoilers right now. But we started watching it on Amazon, and me and my wife were sitting there, lying in our bed, watching the episode, made it 20 minutes in, and she started falling asleep. So she was like, I'm sorry, I can't. So I had to go to bed, <laughs> not knowing what was happening. And this is, the title of this episode is very, very much like hinting at like a major a major event that happens in the in the story. So I was stressed out so much today, having lost sleep over that. And then on top of that, I don't tend to get sleep when I'm thinking about like game designs. And I told you, and I showed yeah. you an example. I actually came up with the design last night, and I'm like, wait a minute, I bet this would work. And so both of those things were on my mind when I went to bed already way too late. Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired oh, today. I, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, last week when we had our game night, you and our mutual friend um, Dom left around 11-ish because yeah. both of you had to go to work. My other buddy, his tomorrow, uh, Thursday was his day off, so he's like, hey, well, we'll stay a while, yeah. we'll play some more games, which we'll talk to you about in a little bit. He didn't leave till 2 o'clock, and I was up at 7.30 the next day, <laughs> and I realized I am, at this point, almost two, uh, I'm a few weeks away from 38. Yeah. I'm two years away from 40. I can't do those long nights anymore. I felt like I was hungover. Yeah. Because, not only because I have bad glasses right now, so straining my eyes and giving me headaches right. from time to time. And then I stayed up and I was sleep deprived. So it just felt like, what is going on? My wife was teasing me the entire day. She's like, yeah, you can't hang anymore. Right. No, no way. I I got you beat because I took my wife out this this last Friday. I didn't even have my normal game group. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to be picking the bottom of the barrel of games I talk about that I've been playing lately. So I haven't been playing much. But on top of that, I took her out and she wanted to go bar hopping with some of her friends. Well... I was the designated driver because I don't drink. Yeah, you're a so, Yeah, I, I brought her out, had fun. That she had a blast. That's all that matters. And I woke up, and I think out of all of us that went out, I was the only one with a hangover. <laughs> I felt awful. I woke up with a headache. I was like, I'm tired. I'm dehydrated. Like I was drinking plenty of water the whole night. And then I was like, How are you feeling? She's like, Oh, I feel fine. But what, what it, it happens every time. What I find interesting about this is um, there's a place. That it's called a barcade out here uh, that yeah. you can go and play arcade yeah. games, and that's where you went to go drinking. That's right. It's because it's the Dance Dance Revolution. That's why you're hungover. No, you that can't might be why. Anymore. So, so hear this. I played Dance Dance Revolution while a DJ was playing. So he was blasting music, and I mean loud. I couldn't hear the music from the machine. So I had to play. I played seven foot songs, which is not nothing, right? Yeah. That's that's a heavy. I but know, I, played, I never played it. Yeah, well, it's one to ten is the highest scale, and I used to be able to play pretty consistently of ten, but they're still really tough. Um, yeah, I was playing seven foot, so about seventy percent of the di- possible difficulty. Yeah, and I had to go entirely. No, I didn't play max three hundred, although I thought about it. Um, <laughs> I I played the entirety, having to memorize and play the song in my head. And focusing, because there were a number of parts where the music that was playing was synchronizing almost <laughs> to the music. Just enough where it was that much more difficult. And I'm guessing, Illuminous, you probably played 
DDR, if you know what Max 300, but yes. Um, no, I ended up playing, uh, I know one of them was Wild Rush. That was the six foot one, um, R3 and then one other, but yeah, oh my God, that was tough, but I did it. And on top of that, the DJ was Stacy's cousin. So, you know, I got to see, got to see one of her cousins, had a fun time. But then again, uh, your wife has a lot of cousins. True. <laughs> so yeah. but this is, this is the you. one that most people know about. That's, that's the big thing. Okay. But it's like most people meet said cousins and yes. didn't realize they're related to your right. wife uh-huh <laughs> so, half of this town I'm telling you yeah it's it's quite <laughs> funny you're like oh no that's stacy cousin right oh, okay yeah. but yeah so overall like i didn't play many games but you know I, I will talk about the few that i did play so it's kind of like you had like a family gathering one time and you were telling me there was like over 100 people and most of them were family yeah <laughs> well when when we had our wedding you know it was seven years ago my wife explicitly said, "I want this to be a smaller wedding. We're only gonna, we're only gonna invite uh, some friends and close family." So she limited it to just first cousins. We had nearly a hundred people, like, and that was just that. That was our small wedding. Can you imagine a big wedding? Yeah, we would have had uh, rent out of Walmart or the mall or something. Yeah, so like with my wedding. I, it, mine technically was a small wedding. I think at yeah. most we had 20 people. Most of them were family. A few of them were friends. Yeah. And so I think we only had like 25, maybe 30 people. Yeah. You know what I should have done? Get married in Hawaii. Yeah. Make people fly 2,000 miles <laughs> just to get there. That would have that would have shrunk down the list a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Before we get into what we've been playing, I have, yeah. I got some interesting news today. I was just watching a random uh, news show. Uh, Philip DeFranco, if you're familiar with it on YouTube. Yeah, I don't like the guy, but yeah, go on. Uh, but I'm sorry. <laughs> he actually it is. He wrote me the wrong way. He made a quick uh, news bit about hobby gaming. Oh, it's okay. practically Maybe I don't hate the guy double in sales. And he actually brought up the one of the games he's been playing a lot lately is Sherlock Consulting Agency. Interesting. <laughs> Spiel like, de Jaris winner from the 80s? Yeah, and he's been playing it with his wife. Well, it's the newer one. Well, right. It's yeah. a remake, but yeah. it's essentially. Yeah, the he's, same he's one like, from the yeah, 80s. and I've been enjoying it. And so he's like telling people to, in the comments to talk about their games. I'm like, I was tempted. But mind you, I was watching it on my TV. Yeah. But he was uh, making a mention about it. Like, the hobby gaming from 2019 to 2021 has almost doubled in sales. Right. Um, it is at, I think, $2.29 billion as of 2021. Ooh. Wow, no kidding. Uh, so yeah, it is it is crazy powerful right now. Wow, that's that's impressive to say the least. And Illuminus brought up a good point. Uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. That actually would be a really great one for a road trip. Yeah, no, I've would... never thought of that before, but I think that would actually be really fantastic for it. Solving a mystery while driving. Speaking Maybe of we'll a do game that... that could do well for an app integration. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> Too bad I didn't think well, about it earlier. <laughs> let's let's fix my list. No, that's 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 a solid one. Yeah. Good job, Illuminous. Yeah, I, I completely one. agree. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, the this list is going to be games that we believe um, is could do better with an app integration. That's right. Illuminous mentioned earlier, Mansions of Madness, uh, second edition, mm -hmm. actually became a better game because of that app That's integration. Right. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the upkeep got taken out, a lot of the stuff that would normally be handled with multiple cards or books of scenarios, that was all taken out. Um, you know, you and I have said this before in the podcast, we don't mind app integration. No, in fact, mo more often than not, 
if an app was taken care of, I don't think a lot of people realize how much work it is to make an app first mm-hmm. off. Yeah. But even if they do realize that, they'll know like publishers aren't going to take the time and money to, to build yeah. something that uses an app if it's not worthwhile. And so it, it cause that's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. And mm-hmm. It's a lot of, it can go south really easily. Um, but it, it, it almost always helps. And so the, the games, we had trouble on this list. We were just discussing yeah. this earlier that a lot of the games that I thought of would be great with app integration already has app an app integration. integration. Yeah. Um, or if it wouldn't benefit, then why would there be an app for it in, in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I per- I personally uh, did not go with any games that already have like a pretty established app for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, w- like fan-made, stuff like that. Like Gloomhaven um, for me, I didn't put it on my list because right. I, I was thinking about Gloomhaven and um, Luminous mentioned the Kingdom Death Monster app integration makes bookkeeping so much better. Right. Uh, the Gloomhaven Helper app does a lot of that. So the right. cleanup and setup for the monsters, you just put in the scenario that you're doing loads it all up in there you just put the numbers that you need for each monster right. it runs the health it reminds you that they're shielded or if when they're attacking they have piercing and stuff like that yeah exactly so it just makes keep uh keep clean up and keeping up so much easier because right. i don't have to worry about the cards yeah i don't have to worry about certain tokens to go on certain ones because this one's poisoned or this one's stunned yeah. i can just look at the app and be like okay that's number six that one's stunned yeah yeah exactly now see that and I also, I also, um, I didn't look to see if there was any apps for these, but I don't believe that there is. But one of them that came to mind was Dominion, and just to pick random decks of cards or random packs, yeah, random generator, yeah. like that would be easy. And I'm sure they there's already and a one. Smash Up does it too. Yeah, for Smash that. Up. Yeah, like, so like stuff like that is. But I also wanted to speak, uh, use specifically, not so much for setup. I mean, there is one in here that that is more so for setup mm-hmm. than not, but more like what parts of the game you could take out and instead have an app. Yeah, so I, I kind of went with that route. There's certain things that, again, a lot of my list is I don't know how you right. would app integrate it. I, I right. just think this game would do something better with the app integration. Uh, but before we get into our list, um, what have you been playing? Oh, so yeah, I've been playing some games lately and I wanted to talk about this. Like I said, uh, oh, I'm going to go back for about a month now. I, I realized I never really talked about this game, but I finally got uh, Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition to the okay. table. Uh, card game version of a card game, Terraforming Mars. I don't care what anyone says. They're both card games. They're both card games. Uh, um, just, the, the only reason you need the board for Terraforming yeah. Mars is just because you need a visual effect of what you're right. doing. Yeah. And honestly, there's a board in... Harry's Expedition too. Yeah, so, but it's mainly just putting the water tiles out. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Um, I, you know, so I have played San Juan. I've played Race for the Galaxy, and I have played a lot of those like uh, simultaneously. The the simultaneous card, card play game yep. versus the the big game. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, like even that it's based off of like ter- uh, Rolf, Race for the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and so because that's a lot of like everyone chooses the action. Everyone gets the actions that are listed, um, except whatever one you choose, you get the bonus for it. That's exactly the same for San Juan or mm-hmm. any or uh, Race for the Galaxy, both of which I did like. Um, I ended up getting rid of my copy of Race for the Galaxy because I just too much iconography. I didn't like it. Oh, this... it was okay. I haven't played it, but I I seen the cards. And right, oof. we ended up playing it. I think it took us about two and a half, three hours to play, which is honestly too long for it, but. 
and, I feel and like if we're comfortable, faster, but it's just it was three new players, right? Yeah, yeah, three new players. Well, no, four new players, four new including players. myself, because uh, mm-hmm. I had never played it before. But I felt pretty comfortable with it. Um, I feel like everyone in the group did genuinely like it, and I think uh, I, I tend to base it around our friend Jim. Um, he he kind of put it perfectly. He was like, "I really I enjoyed the game. I had a lot of fun. I don't think I'm ever playing it again." And I don't blame him for that. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, I, I personally quick, would play quick it again. question, though, before you get on to this. The the fourth player in that list is the same one that played the, the four-player yes. Terraforming think, Mars? Well, no. I, I, no. Because we brute-forced it just to make sure. To... <laughs> yeah, no, no. It it wasn't that. Um, no, we were playing with a few others. and um, But no, I mean, like, everyone, like, we didn't, it wasn't, it didn't seem like anyone's turn took specifically long mm-hmm. um we're all just learning the game and how it works and once they got the idea of it yeah i thought it was like it functioned pretty well yeah. and it had some fun stuff and there were some good moments but yeah again it's like it it kind of coins itself as like a hey i'm like this small sensible like little gateway card game and you're like no you're still playing a few hours yeah what i liked about that one i have played terraforming mark is it has like the follow the leader mechanic so right. everybody gets to do like say the person who's playing the card everybody gets to do what he is so if they're playing the number one everybody gets to do the number one and then the leaders or whoever played the number one cards also can do a bonus action because they're the leaders but so it's like oh i really need to play this but is someone else going to play it before i do this or do right. it with the bonus because right. if both players are playing number one, then that means there's only going to be two other cards possibly played. Yeah. So there's not everything that you can do. But yeah. I enjoyed it, but also I, I only played two players. I also prefer Ares Expedition over Terraforming Mars. Uh, see, I'm more of a Terraforming Mars over Ares Expedition. I love the the building the board and brute forcing and getting yeah. everything done. And in fact, it, it does still play almost eh, slightly lighter than terraforming mars mm-hmm. but it still plays long so if i'm going to play right. one of the longer uh, one of the two i'm going to play the, the you want to justify it yeah yeah that's fair i don't blame you and then uh yeah uh illuminous says did not like aries expedition and yeah drop mix was a thing that came up in my list for app integration which is definitely needed yeah so my first game that i'm going to talk about that i've played oh yeah daniel uh, what have you been playing <laughs> is I guess I'll get the one that's oldest that uh, is further back when I played it, but I, I already explained it to you when I played it, and this is the new Koi Konetsuki game from Unexpected Games. This is Voices in My Head. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's actually somewhat simple in aspect. It's kind of an area control game because right. you're trying to control a certain point or, or a certain part of the body for guys, so... It's kind of one versus many, kind of not, because the prosecutor is not playing guy. He's the, You're the person trying to get him convicted because it's based on a trial. And everybody has their hidden role other than the prosecutor. And the prosecutor's driving it, so they're picking from three cards, and they slide it under their screen. And so everybody can see the two things that are probably or are going to trigger on the thing. And so the goal of the prosecutor is to get more convictions than innocence. You do that, you, you win the game. But everybody else has a hidden role, and some of them need to have more innocence than uh, guilty, but they need to have at minimum like two guilty and three innocent or something like that. And another person needs to have it where it's two and two. And another person needs to have it where they have to be, like I said, more guilty than innocent. 
Um, I think it was, that one was like a 3-2 to ratio. Mm-hmm. And so as a prosecutor and you're seeing all this, you're like, okay, maybe I want to work with them because they want more guilty than innocent. Because everybody right. knows in the first game, everybody knows what everybody's goal is because you take the four cards, you read what out loud what their goal is, mm-hmm. then you shuffle them up. Whoever gets the prosecutor has to reveal themselves. They take all the prosecutor stuffs. Mm-hmm. And then everybody picks their player color and then we go. Yeah. And so we just awesome and we just play basically so what's going to happen everybody takes a turn in a row and including the prosecutor and prosecutor doesn't worry about area control in a sense if you're trying to rig certain things for area control because what happens is you get your player piece and you put it on the thing and then you slide it to the location you're going to you can't flick it you have to slide it purposely but you can angle it and slide it and then you put your little player piece that helps you move it mm-hmm. to straighten on the thing and so what you're doing is you're trying to push things off the area taking them off the area becomes destroyed there are some ways they can get it back by car plays and stuff like that but so if you know someone that you've okay after a few rounds i think i know which one is working with me to get him more guilty than everything maybe i want them to trigger these things because then they could switch things up there because not only are the guilty and innocent tokens are on the jurors there's also hidden tokens that could either be innocent or guilty or thought and you got to reveal them one at a time and then when you go into the final round they each eliminate each other so if there's three guilty and two innocents so you just take all the ones that cancel each other out and that just leaves one guilty token and that's what those jurors think is going to happen. And so it just keeps going round and round. And you play in eight rounds. You have uh, two different trial phases. You play the four rounds of trial one. You play front and back of the cards. And sometimes they'll say, the person who does this, they can do that. Uh, so they'll say, like, whoever controls motor skills can take three of the, the tokens I was telling you about. That could be either one. Look at them. Put one on this, uh, the judici- uh, judgmental lo- um, juror, and then discard the other ones face down in the discard spot. So no one knows what got put there. Right. And so it's just interesting. You're trying to play that area control. Whoever owns the thought or the only ones that can draw up cards. If there's a tiebreaker, whoever is the first player de- determines ties. So again, if I'm the prosecutor and I'm the first player... And I think I kind of narrowed in who I think is the ones trying to help me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm going to let them draw the cards because okay. it is, it's very interesting what it's doing. I really, really enjoy this one. I definitely want to try this one. This <laughs> one is the most intriguing out of all of the, I mean, of course, out of the both, I, I played you know, part way through yeah. the initiative, but, and then the new one does look interesting, but this one alone. Yeah, it is yeah. quite fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad it's in my collection. I don't think I'm going to ever get rid of it because it's it's, it's interesting what it does. And then there's uh, abilities if you play the advanced one. So depending on the token that you put out there. So the area control, there's numbers like three, two, one. Mm-hmm. And whoever controls the most controls the skill. Right. But then you have emotions for the ability. So if you play a certain emotion, you get a certain thing that you can do, mm. but it's only for advanced play. So when you're playing it the first time, they don't recommend you playing that. And then that you also have, remember how I was telling you, everybody has their own cards. When you play the advanced mode, you actually have um, more powerful cards that are coming up. So you're different playing different types of emotions instead of like guilt or um there's the doubtful or and stuff like that so it's it's quite interesting it's pretty cool i liked it that's good cool i yeah that's on my radar you need to bust it out one of these weeks the next game i've been playing um it was my daughter's birthday uh yesterday so on sunday i went over to my mother's 
Okay. Brought the family. We had a nice dinner. Played some games. We played Forbidden Bridge, which was fun. <laughs> uh, that was that was shenanigans. And Two mo- 30, uh, mid-30 guys playing Forbidden Bridge that one night. Just yep, giggling. Yep, and giggling up a storm. <laughs> no, my mom ended up quitting because she, she got knocked off the bridge like three times. She's like, all right, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> like, this is stupid. I'm like, yeah, it is. But that's why it's kind of funny. And mine, I got lucky because I got a gem put in the backpack, fell off the bridge, landed on the ground. Gem still, never in went in. still in the backpack. <laughs> So I got to jump right over to the, the boat, nice and easy. Nice, but that's not the game you're picking. That's not the game I'm picking. The other game we played was Munchkin. And it was my daughter's first time playing Munchkin. My wife had, uh, hadn't played in a really long time. It was my son's request, you know. So I was like, all right, let's sit down and play. I, I, I would expect your um, son to play that one. Yeah, he, he loves the backstabbiness <laughs> of it. But um, what we ended up playing was uh, the short mode, which have you ever played short mode? No, I have not. Everyone starts at level five. Okay, that's not Simple. bad. Simple. Yeah. yeah. Easy fix. Um, or easy easy setup. Everyone starts at level 5, makes beating monsters a little easier, makes the game last a little, or quite a bit shorter. You know, Munchkin games can last anywhere from like an hour and a half, two hours, something like that, depending on who you're playing with. We, uh, we ended up playing for 30 minutes. We, eat, <sighs> that... we played three rounds each. That was it. That's not bad at all. No. And it was, it was fine. My daughter ended up winning. It was, by, it was by chance. And I felt bad because uh, she was poised to win on her second turn because she had gained so many levels. And she was like, yay, I'm about to beat this monster. And we're like, uh, okay, we're going to make it ancient, plus 10. And then my son was like, all right, we're going to add plus 10 to it. And he's like, I'm going to add plus 2. And I was like, yeah, I'll throw a mate. So we're going to double that. So you have to get 30. And she was like. But and she started like almost like tearing up. I'm like, no, no, no. That that's the point of the game. Like, yeah. don't get mad. Like, as soon as as soon as mommy and Aiden and myself, as soon as we're all at that point, I expect you to play the bad cards <laughs> on us. It really the person who wins is whoever doesn't have enough bad cards. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like that's really what it boils down to. So I was like, don't get mad. And then next time I came around to her, she ended up winning anyway. Because <laughs> you played all your cards on the yeah, because we all played our cards on the last one. And yeah, it was it was pretty great. Um. It was good, silly fun. Didn't help say it's welcome. Uh, it's hard to play it from level one. I'll have to, to, to do it with the short list. I, did, I didn't yeah. know about that. I, did, I still have a copy of Munchkin. I have uh, Legends. That's the one I enjoy the mm-hmm. most. That's that's my favorite, too. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's a really easy fix. Just put everyone on level five instead of level one. Yeah. And just say, go for it. Yeah, no, that, that actually sounds pretty good. Huh? Yeah. You may it's have to try it one of these days. Nice and quick. It gets, gives you some backstabbiness, but it's really not. It doesn't say it's welcome as bad. That's cool. Uh, the next game on my list that I want to talk about is the one that we played last week that was very long. It took us a lot to figure it out. And I still don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I enjoy it, but I don't know if it's yeah. the, my favorite thing. But I just got the um, notification that my big box and um, expansions are coming. Right. Um, this one is Viscounts of the West Kingdom. I, I liked what it was doing. It's interesting what it's doing. It's a deck builder sure. that uh, is basically, it's a roll and move without the rolling. It's your deck builder allows you to move certain points. Anything from the top, you get to build a one of your buildings out mm-hmm. if you have the resource for it. Or you can gain the resources based on how many, we call them recycle bags. I, I think it's good bags or something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, trade goods. <laughs> yeah, trade goods. And so... I, I enjoyed what it did, and then the bottom row, you can go into the little area control part of the castle, and that, yeah. that took us a little bit to figure out what, how the, that mm-hmm. worked. Uh, I want to play it again, 
with the proper roles, mind you, it's been a while. It's been about a year or two when you last played it, and our mutual friend that was showing mm-hmm. us it, and me and the other friend never played this one before. So I want to play it again just to see how I really feel about it. Yes. With everything, how I've got all the kinks out. Uh, but yeah, it was a bit long. I still think I like Paladins of the West Kingdom more. Yes. How crunchy that one is. And don't get me wrong, Paladins of the West Kingdom is a brain burner more so than Viscount is. Yep. And uh, Architects of the West Kingdom. Those those are nowhere near as thinky as Paladins is. But. I don't know. I just felt like Paladins was a little simpler than Viscounts was. Uh, mind you, I do have to get it to the table again as well, but right. I didn't mind it. Um, I would probably say this is my least favorite of the three, but like I said, I have to play it one more time just to really feel get the feel that, of what I like about it or not. Yeah. But all in all, it wasn't bad. It'd probably stay in my, um, my collection for probably. a while. Yeah, if I had to get rid of one, it would probably be this one. Yeah. But um, I'm going to see how the expansions work and see what's going on there. Um, but all in all, it, it wasn't bad. Um, I liked it better than maybe Architects. I don't know yet because I really like Architects. Right. But, I, again, it's it's kind of like eh, right. it's wavering, I guess you could say. I did like it a little bit better than Raiders of the North Sea. Yeah, that's fair. Out of all of the um, – what is this, West Kingdom? Yeah, this is the West Kingdom one. West right? Kingdom trilogy. Uh, this is easily my middle one. <laughs> yeah, I know it easily. is because you can't stand yeah. architects. Because I can't stand architects, and then the other one, Paladins, is is interesting. And then the the only one uh, I haven't played the rest of the um, North Sea North Sea one. So yeah. I didn't play Shipwrights, and I didn't play. I think it's Explorers of the North Sea. Right. Um, and I don't even own Raiders of the North Sea. I have Raiders of Scythia because they kind of streamline certain things. Right. Um, I do need to get that one played just to see the differences. But yeah. I, all in all, I really enjoy most of the Shinfield games I played. I don't think I've hated a single one. Have you t- played Nautilica yet? Uh, I have not played Nautilica, uh, and I haven't played uh, Circadia First Lights. I think those are mm-hmm. also his. Yeah. Um, but I am also looking forward to uh, what is it? The of Euphrates. It's like the East Kingdoms or something like that. Yeah. I forget what they're called, like the Eastern Wonders of the Euphrates, or yeah. So that should be coming soon. I. It feels weird to me that they declared, they're like, yeah, we're going to have uh, trilogies of games, but each trilogy is a cardinal direction. It's like, so you're, wait, you're declaring you're making 12 games? like, <laughs> And he's doing like, it. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, he's doing it. Here, here's my problem with Shemfell. Wayfarers of the South Tigris, so we're oh, doing okay. the South. South Tiger. Yeah. yeah. Here's my problem with Shem Phillips. And don't get me wrong, I like his stuff. It's pretty good, most of it. Some of his things just seem... It's not nearly as bad as, like, David Turksey. He He's the big uh, offender on this. Is that some of the stuff just seems like it's in there just to be in there. Like, it, it's a cool idea, but it ne- it doesn't add to the experience yeah. of the game. And it's yet another thing you have to remember. <laughs> like the tower. That first level. Oh, if there's a group of three, one spreads one way, one spreads the other way. But only you jump for the up, bottom rung. But only for the bottom rung. And then the middle rung... Uh, if you have three, then only you jump up one, mm-hmm. and then the center can hold as many as you want. It, like because that's because of the control in the center, right? And that's a cool little mechanism, but at the same time, it's like, but is this really? And then the, the big thing does too, it benefit from it? it? The like, cards, like whoever so. controls the center, you get a special ability. Right. And then whoever has three blues, you get a special ability. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like it, there's so much to remember with right. it. Yeah, exactly, and it's not like super. 
super simple. Um, I mean, yeah, Raiders is probably my favorite of the North Sea. And have you yeah. played the others? No, yeah, I I, I, by default, it's my favorite of the North yeah, Sea trilogy. I, that's true. It's my but favorite. I never played the I'm saying out of all of the out all of, of all the, the Shin Phillips. So yeah. you're talking about all the Cardinal well, games. All of all of the Cardinal <laughs> games. Yes, exactly. Because Noctilic is my favorite from him. Okay. Because it's a really smart little abstract game. I don't know. I re- I, I like uh, North Sea or Raiders of the North Sea, but I really really enjoy Paladins. Yeah, Paladins is cool. I don't. If I, I had don't to get rid it. of all the Shin Phillips games I had uh, and have to only keep one, it'd be Paladins hands down. Yeah. Yep, I don't disagree with you on that. Yeah, if you were forced to get rid of all but one, mm-hmm. that should be the one you keep. And I agree with you. <laughs> I would strongly encourage. And that's saying something, because I also have Raiders of Scythia, so that's right. Your... <laughs> right, that's true. So, uh, this week at our uh, local board game night, um, this group wanted a, these these two guys, a father and son, they're, they're fairly regulars there. Really great people. Um, they came in wanting to play a game mm-hmm. that I knew doesn't work very well with two players. So I sat down with them. It was really nice and slow at the time. So I was like, all right, I'll sit with you and I'll play it with you. You know. So and it's not that often I guess sit down and play a game during yeah. our game night. You know, sometimes we'll have really busy and I just can't sit down at sometimes all. Sometimes you'll have like thirty people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's like not even room to sit, even if I wanted to. Yeah. So um, I ended up playing a game that I don't personally care for that much, but I got I. It's been a long time since I played it. That's Seven Wonders. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing you sat down and played with them, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the two players just, like, and it's I told trash. them, I was like, there's, it's like, it says two to player, point, it's not a two player game. The uh, the new prints of Seven Wonders do not go right. two player. Right, exactly. Three to seven, I think it is. Yep, three to seven. And so I played Seven Wonders, and just by teaching them how to play, and the faces that they were giving as I was explaining this stuff. I know it wasn't just my explanation. It was the fact that that game coins itself as a very simple game, yet it is incredibly convoluted at the same time. Because, and and no, we didn't do Duel, uh, just because I don't think we have a demo copy of it, but we we did Seven Wonders. But the problem was we wanted, or they wanted to see what it was about because they had heard about it. We played it. They mostly understood it by the end of the game, and they, they weren't complaining too much, but the timing is weird on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, well, I can play a card, or I can discard it for three coins, or I can use it as a wonder, but it's not technically discarding it. It's just putting it there. Also, I pay um, you for the resource. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, you make the resource, so I'll give you two coins, but then I'm also going to get... I'm, I can get a card that will give it a discount, but then I might not need it because this card automatically upgrades to this one. And then what if I have one that upgrades to two different ones? Can, do I have to choose both? Like, and then the sciences score in weird sets. You know, it's. I just forgot how like needlessly convoluted it mm-hmm. is. Like, and because, it, like, it's supposed to be this grandiose, fan, like, fantastical, like, great concept of a game. I love that theme. It's one of my favorite themes in board games. Is the Seven Wonders. And they took it and they're like, hey, let's make a really simple drafting game and let's make that one of the most complicated drafting games. And I'm not saying it's complicated. I don't want to sound like that. But it's just, I that was a it's great a reminder why I'm not a fan of that game anymore. Well, the thing is that for me with it when it comes to Seven Wonders is that a lot of people call it a welcoming game. I wouldn't call it no. that. I, I think no, it, down it's, it's, it's Seven Wonders Architect is more welcoming yes. than Seven Wonders. Hands down. Because there's so much going on. architects. Okay. There's so much going on with it. Yeah. 
because you're you, not only you playing the draft, but you also you might have to buy resources from your neighbors. Right. You have like a lot of iconography that's going on, not hard enough, and no, the drafting is fine to that, but it's just it's so overbearing especially for like people coming into the hobby like ticket to ride i will call that more uh, uh, absolutely yeah Yeah. because it's so simple it's basically rummy with trains yeah and but seven wonders is not a gateway game it's it's something that i would use as like a next step kind of game Uh, so okay you like this let's go to this this Mm -hmm. will do a lot of that there if you want a little bit next level right but Seven Wonders Architects, that is the welcoming game. That is the gateway game, whatever you want to call it, compared to Seven Wonders. I still do not know why people call that one a gateway game. No. And I strongly believe that it is not. Honestly, um, it does play fast. I remember one time, and this was years ago, we played a three-player game because a buddy got a copy and he just wanted to get played. Yeah. You, me, and him, uh, uh, Gamehead About Geek. 20 minutes, maybe. We played yeah. 20 minutes. It's like, boom, 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 scored up, done. Yeah. We didn't talk the entire 20 minutes, really. Yeah. Yeah, but we also all knew how to do it, too. Yeah, that, that's, that's a thing. Fair. It, so it is a quick game once you know what to do. Yes. Yeah, and it's fine for what it is. Like it, Again, I don't want it to sound like I think it's complex because it's not. It's just unnecessarily convoluted. Yes. And it's it, not difficult to learn. It's just it, it's honestly, unnecessary for a lot of the stuff it's doing. Honestly, I wouldn't say it's complex. But if you're integrating new gamers or bringing people yeah. off the street and you show them that, that, that might scare off people. Right. Because, again, as you said, it's convoluted. There's right. a lot going on. It needed something to be simplified in it, and they did it with Architects. They did yep. it with Seven Wonders Seven Wonders Dwarf. Architects is so much better. Again, it like every time they come out with a new Seven Wonders game, it replaces the last ones <laughs> yeah. for me. Like, And as Luma said, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't teach it as a gateway game. I agree. And then... Yeah, then uh, you might as well play Through the Ages. That, that makes perfect sense. If you want something that people are claiming, oh, this is a gateway game, play Sushi Go. Yeah, that's especially a gateway game. with the drafting. Yeah, exactly. If you want something that's that is uh, that's more of an advanced game, like in like a Civilization build Through the Ages. Through uh, the Ages, oh, you know, the ages is so good. This is not a good middle ground. It's just it's awkwardly in between those. Yeah. No. So yeah, Seven Wonders. That was uh, the next game I played. Yeah, so moving on to the game night again. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, I was mentioning that um, our mutual friend stayed till like 2 o'clock in the morning and I got hungover. This is one of the other games that we played. And this one is one of the newer games out there. Um, he played this on his TikTok Live with other players. Mm-hmm. Showed it to me at game night, and this is Three Sisters. It's a, oh, it's interesting. A, it's a roll and write about building gardens and stuff like that. And it has some interesting th- things with it because it has a rondelle aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you're rolling, I think it's like three or four dice. I can't remember exactly. And then you're putting them in order. And so first is you always plant in one of your gardens. It's one through six. So yeah. if I plant the two, where because where it's at in the location, I plant my two garden and I can plant two items, basically. I can X certain things. Yeah. And so I mark off certain areas in my two garden. Pumpkins get you goods, which can give you extra stuff going out there. It's It has an interesting aspect because you have two sheets the entire game. You have your garden sheet, and then on below your garden, you also have your perennials. And on your other sheet, you have your shed, your apiary, mm-hmm. your fruit garden or orchards, and then you have your goods for selling and stuff like that. So there's a lot going on in it. It's not a simple rolling right, but it's not too hard. But like I said, you pick your die. You plant in that garden. Um, you make two marks unless you have something from your shed that allows you to make three marks in your garden. Right. 
And then you go into the next phase, and this is where the rondelle happens, because whatever is the lowest, or the one that is not used at the back end, the highest number, that's where the gardener is going to go, and that's where you have to start next on the rondelle. Mm, okay. And so um, when you take the two, you you do whatever section you take out of. So you can plant again, or water. Water allows you to grow the entire garden, um, in a sense. You mark above what you've already marked in the garden. So if I do that in my first go around, then I'm not going to um, grow too much. But if I have more, multiple plants in two and then I water, then I can grow like everything in my that one garden. If it yeah, rains, so. you can grow okay. in all your gardens. So there are certain aspects when you have end around stuff. Sometimes you'll get rain where you can grow everything in your garden. Okay. And so you do that over, I think it's like eight rounds. Um, whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. It's it's a nice little uh, roll and write that I think my wife would actually enjoy. Probably. And so when you're done with your garden, like if you got your pumpkin patches, because they connect through all the gardens. And so your longest, if you have a certain thing in your shed is what it's called. And I'll explain that in a minute. Mm -hmm. When you get your shed, you'll get points for everything. The longest streak, I think it's like two or three points for the longest streak. So if I have a streak of four... I can get up to 12 points in a sense, because I think it's three points per. And so what happens is during the rondelle, there's different sections. One of them is you can start marking things in the shed. Okay. And so you can do stuff that gives you more points or uh, the seed spreader, which is the one that allow you to mark three things in a garden rather than two. Okay. Um, bonus points for certain fruits, uh, cannings. So you can can this fruit. Or you can also mark in the apiary, so it's your honey gathering. So doing that allows you to get more points, and you get to a certain point that splits here. It gives you points here. It can give you bonuses here. It can give you goods over here and determine how you want to do it. The fruits, there's different fruits that do different things for you. Like uh, I decided to go raspberries, which allowed me to go to goods, because if you get to certain points on the goods, it increases your aspect for the farmer's market, as well as whenever you get to every five it gives you an extra mark. So if you get 5, okay. 10, 15, 20, that's five extra, four or five extra marks on the, the board. Anywhere you want on the board, you just have to keep following lines. I liked it. For a roll and write, yeah, it took about like 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. But yeah, it's it's a really good one. I might pick it up because I think my wife would enjoy it. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, Luminous brought up, that sounds almost like Harvest Dice. I've not played it. I haven't played Harvest be. Dice. Yeah, I... I it might be. I'm not exactly sure. Um, my buddy just he got a copy because uh, um, he's part of a program that gives um, content creators. Yeah. yeah. And so he played a live with two other TikTok um, content creators, and he it was really good. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. All right, the last one uh, that I wanted to talk about was a small little card game from Capstone Games. It's a reprint from like the '90s or maybe '80s even. Um, it's a trick-taking game called Stick'em, where the whole idea it the whole idea is that uh, for those of you we gave shifty eyes as an awkward sounds <laughs> for our audio listeners, um, the whole idea is that you are trying to uh, get the most points by winning tricks. You get cards for winning tricks, and uh, trying not to get what's called your pain color at the beginning of every round. Um, you have to set aside one of your one of your cards as a pain color, and basically at the end of the round, the way scoring works is real simple. 
every card you have that is not your pain color is worth one point per card. That's it. Flat. Every card that's your pain color is minus X number of points equal to the value on the card. <laughs> that's kind of cool. I like that. It's really messed up. So if you have eight cards and one of them is a seven of your pain color, you have zero points. So, um, trick taking? Trick taking. Oh, man. But it, it's different how it works. The biggest thing. Gotta bring that. You don't have to follow suit at all. Oh. The way it works is very simple. The beginning of the game, you have about 15 cards in your hand. Mm -hmm. You set one of those face down as your pain color. Now, here's the thing. They're numbered anywhere from zero to uh, like 12 or 15, depending on how many players there are. Uh -huh. uh, in three players, which is what we played, it's zero through eight. So there's nine of five different colors. Okay. So zeros are a weird exception. So here's the way the, here's the, way the trick taking works. Let's say you follow with any number you want, right? Let's say you follow with, or you start with a green five. Okay. Okay. If all of them are the same color, whoever played the highest number of that color wins the trick. Okay. Okay. That's pretty standard. Yeah. However, I don't have to follow suit at all. Doesn't matter. Because if at least one player plays a different color, then it's the highest non-starting color wins. So if you led with that red five. five or green five. Green five. And I play a red two. Uh -huh. And our mutual friend plays red anything. Um, then I win with my, or I'm sorry, green anything. You know, the same color as you. You win with I, the red two. I win with de by default as having the one the that's different color. a different color. And so, but if. What happens is three different colors. Then whoever plays the highest number of the non-lead color. color. Cool. So if I played a six and the other player played a five yellow, for example, I would get it because I played the six. Okay. Now, if the highest player is tied for the non-lead color, then it's whoever played for earlier in round takes the cards. So that gives a lot of power to the last person in each round to throw cards at people that they don't want mm -hmm. on purpose. But here's the thing. The ones that are worth ne more negative points might be negative for you, but they're harder to get rid of because they're probably not the same color. <laughs> probably. But they might be, but they're probably not. It's, still st it's tricky. It it's, it's interesting how it worked. There, it's, it's hard to get your head wrapped around it. But once you do, and oh, and the exception to that though, however, zeros, regardless of color, can never win a trick. So that's that's one exception to that. If you led with green mm -hmm. and I play like a red zero, doesn't matter if I played a different color. And I'm not considered the highest zeros or nothing. So of course, you'd want your pain card that you put face down is going to be worth negative points. That's mm -hmm. a, You're declaring that. So you'd so you want a low value, but you also don't want to put a zero because zeros are incredibly valuable. Yeah. So it's a weird little take <laughs> of like, do I or don't I? I remember my strategy is I looked at my hand and there was one suit on the second round I played it. I had a red zero and a red one. So I put the red one as my pain color. I was like, I'll take minus one point. That's fine. Because now I have that zero and those are the only two red cards in my hand. Okay. So I was like, I feel like this is a good strategy. Are, it worked pretty well, but like at the same time, it's like that's a, that's a weird concept to consider. I like stuff like that. I always love interesting trick taking games. I'll be happy to bring it sometime. Yeah, no, it sounds pretty good. 
That's Stick'em by Capstone Games. Alright, so my last game that I have played is right behind you. Uh, not exactly behind you. It's right over your shoulder there. Oh, right here? Yeah. Marvel, right, like this guy? Yeah. Marvel, this guy right here? Marvel Dice Throne. How uh, was it? I really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I mean, I like Dice Throne. I know why you like the generic stuff, but me, I'm, I'm a whoa, huge... Whoa, whoa, hold on. Roxley doesn't make generic <laughs> stuff. All right, let's be real. Their characters are actually really legit. Really oh, they're, they're interesting. Cool. The Pyromancer... The, I mean, the gunslinger, the like they're all, yeah, they're generic right now. They're, they're not IP. So Marvel Dice Throne is a combination of Roxley. Oh, not, yeah. Roxley uh, and who? Uh, the op. Oh, okay. But, uh, so yeah, I really, really enjoy this one. Um, I had fun and it feels good cause it does feel a little bit fanatic. Like, uh, he was playing Spider-Man I was playing Thor Thor was a bit overpowered, but Spider-Man's still uh, able to take it out because he's got an ability. Um, I don't know if we were playing it right. I, I something I had to totally. look up, but like he would get an ability that uh, he would get a token for playing something, and then mm -hmm. he could immediately take another turn by spending that token. Okay. So I don't know if you if you can play the tokens right away. I don't know. The rule book is it's like um, this big. No, I think you can. Uh, from what I remember, is any tokens that. No, so... Oh. There's certain tokens, like, uh, specifically on the Spider-1, that it has return. to be for the next turn. Right. Like, but that one, he just would gain it, he would get the ability. Right. And he had a cool ability as well, so I had uh, abilities to make it undefendable, mm -hmm. but he had ability to be able to defend undefendable moves, because he had invisibility. I'm like, that is pretty cool. I, I really, yeah. really enjoy this game. I... It, it, I've always been a big fan of Yahtzee. I loved Yahtzee growing mm -hmm. up. And I love the rolling uh, dice, trying to make sets and houses and stuff like yeah. that. Yahtzee is better than <laughs> most people give it credit for. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. It was fun. I'm glad. I, I knew I wanted to get a version of, um, what is it, uh, Dice Throne. Mm -hmm. However, it just didn't make sense for me, especially after they did three different Kickstarters for mm -hmm. Dice Thrones. I wasn't about to pay that price because nope. usually someone like me, when I go in, I go in hard and I might as well yes. just do the all in. That's perfect. I get the Marvel right. theme out of it. I still get um, uh, the Yahtzee feel. I still get the yeah. um, Dice Throne feel. And it's contained right there. And it's fully compatible, right? Yeah, it's fully compatible. In fact, they have a, like bonus hero markers. Which I think is for the story mode. Okay. Because I think that's the only way I use them. I don't know uh, uh, for the adventure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I because I I'd be curious to play like Thor against a gunslinger. Like, <laughs> like I will gladly yeah, bring, bring mine over, and, <laughs> yeah. and we'll just throw it down. Yeah, that would be awesome. Although, I think you need to talk about something very specific that you showed me about. Oh it, yes. That mm. I'm very glad I didn't buy my, this my because of this. My big thing about this game, and it's not even the game, it's just the choice about the box. Yep. As you can see what, how I got it standing right there just because I needed to put it on the shelf and it looks nice right there. Gorgeous. Uh, Great cover. The front of the cover is portrait mode. Yeah, yes, yeah. Nice. As you can see, it's lovely, right? That's. I'm one of those people that like to put my back of the box and the front mm -hmm. of the box on the same side. This way, when you take it off... Yep. You could flip it and see everything on it. Every time we've ever played, like, you know, right as you're picking stuff up, you look at the bottom. Okay. All right. Put it correctly yeah. and you just put the stuff away. Because it's yeah. nice. It's like, hey, I recommend it to someone. They can look at it. They don't have to flip it upside down to look at the side. The problem with this is that the front of the cover is in portrait mode. The back is landscape. So I don't know what is proper. Here's portrait. Here's the back. 
sideways. And this is not a square box. No. You can't put that portrait. <laughs> yes. It is either 90 degrees to the left or 90 degrees to the right. There is no correct way. It drives me insane. Oh, it bothers me like to no end. Because most boxes, this is what I like to do. I'll just grab my Marvel Champion here. Portrait mode. Yeah, yeah. In the back of the box, sense, exactly right? the same. So I can pull it off my shelf, look at it, look at the back contents. Okay, easy to read. Yeah, I don't have read to read it like a book, right? Like this. Right. Well, even it's, if it was upside down, sure, it's slightly infuriating. Mandatory sideways. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that bothers me. But the game itself is excellent. Yeah. Let, let, <laughs> don't don't take the quality of the game into this. It's just we we want to make this clear. That is something that we will gladly put up in a top eight debate and go, no, bad. <laughs> no, bad. Don't How do dare you? Like you mess with you you mess with people who have, you know, O C D or <laughs> yeah, exactly. like like to do this. It's, so we tested out our friend Gamehead Geek. He didn't understand. And so I was like, Okay, let me do this to you and, and he still didn't care, but I was I was curious about this. I, I asked him, I was like, Hand me your wallet and he was like, What are you even asking? I was like, No, no, hand me your wallet, just trust me, I'm not gonna take anything. And then he handed me his wallet, and I took his ID card out, and I turned it upside down, and I put it back in. <laughs> and I said, if this bothers you, then you understand. It didn't bother him. He, he didn't care, which completely mooted the point. But I think I, I cringed a little doing that, honestly. I was upset. <laughs> yeah, we do not like this. This no. is oh, It's frustrating, and it yeah. bothers me. It's like, but it's like, oh, it's... look, a nice, lovely movie of Rocky. Oh, hold on. Let me read the back. Like, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. it should never happen that way. And so um, I, I was mentioning that to him. I'm like, when you go to a bookstore and you pull a book off the shelf, you look at the cover. Okay, that's cool. And then you flip it over to read the description. It's in the yeah. same form. If you Or you pull it out because it's one of the hardbacks that have it on the insides, uh, on the leaf. Right. It's still all in the same mode. You, and you know what I want to do now? I want to make a book. I want to write another book. And I want to have it so the cover is normal. The back looks like the spine, and then the spine has the description. <laughs> That's what I want to do now. Chaos agent. <laughs> and it's upside down also. Uh, <laughs> like, who would do that? Why? Uh, so we're getting a bit on a rant here. Uh, so why don't we get into our topic? It's so stressful. Anyway, so our topic this week. Uh, if, if, comment down below if you agree or disagree with us because that is a strong opinion. <laughs> yeah. And I bet if that doesn't bother you, you're the kind of person that thinks a hot dog is a sandwich. Honestly, I'm not the only one. I've seen it in the, like most of the board game groups I'm in. There's a couple yeah. people that have posted about it and yeah. comments about why it. Would you like, do why this? would you do this? Yeah, nobody asked you to do this. Like, uh, anyway. So our topic today is we wanted to uh, kind of take a jab at the people who who claim apps should never be in board games. I mean, like, let's be let's be honest. Very few people say that now. Like now, yeah. I mean, net, I remember well, five I remember how, like, five years like, ago. They're it was like a thing. the what is it the the Simpsons meme? The old man yelling at a cloud. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Back in the day, um, back in the day, like when Alchemist was probably the first one of yeah. the first ones. Um, a lot of people. Golem Arcana was a big thing. Golem Arcana, yeah. There was there was some people who just said if if a board game needs an app to function then it's a video game at that point and I don't want to play it. Uh, and then when, uh, people were talking about it was like XCOM or something like that. Yep, that was XCOM, a big one. Yep. Yep. And so it's Space Alert. Yeah. Um, so th there's a lot of, I, I get the resentment towards it, mm -hmm. but 
there has been so many good implementations of apps being used in board games. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't remember if we talked about this before the episode or during the episode, but the amount of time it takes to build an app is extensive. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. It's not just something you could do on a whim. You're not going to do it for a hundred print card run. You know, like it's just not going to happen. You have to put a lot of investment into making an app for it uh, to make it at least somewhat um, functional. Right. And so we wanted to find games that we thought would benefit from having that digital add-on. Like it doesn't mean that it's it's gonna it's something that has to happen. Um, in fact, some of these are kind of hard to do, but or, or even just to help ease up like a lot of the bookkeeping, the upkeep, yep. um, to help maybe add more flavor or theme into the game. Uh, ma- um, ma- a major one we've talked about before is um, Mansions of Madness, the second edition, just made it so much easier to play. Right. Because before then, it was one versus many because someone had to right. control the mansion. Right. And we all, and I also wanted to like be very clear. I didn't pick any games that I thought would um, could easily be replaced for a fully digital version. Yeah. So yeah. like... There's like some party games, right? Yeah. That it's like, oh well, they could just ask you trivia questions on your ha- on your app, and then you just answer it. No, no, that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, which board games would enhance your experience if a digital component was added in? That's that's how I like to look at it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, uh, does a lot for it. So. Yep. Exactly. So right. let's. I mean, there's not much else to say other than let's yeah, just let's jump right into, into it. it. Yep. We're going to explain our reasoning behind each one. We so hope you agree. And again, <laughs> if you don't or do, comment down below. We're Let curious know, to yeah. see what we want to add this to the discussion. Uh, Umina said, Gloomhaven, Nemesis, Tainted Grail, which is why a lot of board games just made it digital. Yep, exactly. And Gloomhaven um, has a helper app that's really helpful too. Yep. So I didn't really go too much on the helper apps. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about it when we get there. Right, exactly. So, Coin of Doom, let's see who begins first. Our number eight, I'll be starting this off. So, this one's a little bit of a stretch, but hear me out. And I, I think this would be really neat. It, it's entirely optional, but I do feel it would at least help out the gameplay a bit. I feel like Ark Nova could have a really interesting... I was thinking about this one. It didn't make my list. So, here's how I'm thinking about it, and this is just how I envision it. Imagine if all four players had an iPad in front of them or a tablet that instead was their board. Mm-hmm. And when you build tiles onto the certain thing, you can say what animal you're putting into the regions. It Loud can show remember. it. It allows you to remember it, it. It can show like little 3d details, you know, do that. So basically your map is functioning the same way. And then on top of that, you could even do the actions and then upgrade them. And so you mm-hmm. choose the option to upgrade. Yeah, my I, only issue with that is it becomes too expensive. It would. Yeah, and I don't disagree. I, I think that would make it more expensive. But I just feel like those those uh, domino pieces or the building pieces, mm-hmm. I don't know if it if how much I could justify that many pieces for this thing. I feel like that would be a cool little add-on if they happen to build mm-hmm. a player board digitally that – takes all of the pieces out of it you just simply yeah. click do what you got to do and then everyone has their own in front of them the board itself in the middle stays the same all the cards work the same functionally yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just that little board i think that would be a really cool change my big thing about that and i, I do like that kind of idea is because for me it's mm-hmm. the upkeep thing so once you build a reptile house hey i can move this over here and this has to be flipped back over to now nothing's in it Right. Because I move this creature to the reptile house yeah. or the aviary because you're allowed to do that once you build those. You can right. move already birds or reptiles into their certain area. 
okay, where, where did I have this originally? Which thing? So I wanted something like, um, I'm thinking about buying like little packs of animals. Yeah, the little, little, like, just so I can remember what's in where. Yeah. Uh huh. So. Yeah. See, I agree with that. I I think that would be an easy solution. Mm-hmm. But I I and again, it wouldn't replace most of the game, and it would be entirely luxury. But I think that would be a cool little change. Yeah. No. No. It, it sounds really cool. It's just like I said, it gets expensive because you have to have four tablets right. to play this game. Because it would suck to play it on something this size. Well, it might not. I mean, if you could zoom in, it'd be fine. Probably. You know. Yeah. It would still be, be annoying. Not. It would. I mean, Especially it would say like. Uh, I'm not saying it's a good solution, okay? Like, uh, my no. <laughs> wife has, like, a, a, a 10-inch iPad. Yeah. I have a 10-inch Kindle. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I also have a 7-inch Kindle. And then someone has to play with a phone. Well, see, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the kind of person, like, if, if we had that, I would be the kind of person that would be like, all right, you with the phone, Chromecast it on my TV. You got the whole TV now. You got a 46-inch tablet right here, all right? <laughs> Yeah, but even then, Chromecast gets a little streamy and laggy. Sometimes. Yeah, it does. That would be adding on to the hilarity. Yeah, that's so, just I, that was. That's why it's number eight. Um, I just feel like that would be a cool little, a cool little uh, differentiation, just to solve that problem with the tokens and not knowing where everything was. All right, so my number eight is a game you don't like, and I, again, I oh, don't really know how to like integrate like, this into an app, but it might make things a little bit simpler. Do you think it would make me like it better? Yeah, maybe. I, I just don't know how it would work. And this is Wasteland Express Delivery Service. Wouldn't make it any better. <laughs> I guarantee it. And I'll tell you why. Post-apocalyptic should not have advanced technology like cell phones. Yeah. That would be unthematic and make it... Actually, no, it would probably make a better game because it's so... Un- well, broken. if we go into the apocalypse, we still have things that could possibly work at this time. People are ingenious about it. It works for Fallout. Mm. So, it's possible. not real. But it works for that kind of thing. So, it could yeah. work for Wasteland. Um, and because both of those are post-apocalyptic. So. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how it integrate it. Maybe when it comes to, like, the bandit fights. I don't and fix the game. The ambiance and stuff like that. Yeah, I know you don't like it. You're probably the yeah, minority the in this The ambiance would be cool. Like, that uh, would, I could add some fun little, like, extra flavor to it. Yeah, and, like, you could put little story modes into it. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're fighting certain bandits, certain things happen. Um, I don't know how it would do. But I just think... App integration would make this a little bit better. Um, However you want to work it, it it would help a lot with the upkeep, too. Because when you got that board where, okay, he sold the water here, so now it's lessened because there's not a lot of water over here. And so it it would make that upkeep a lot easier for, like, the ammo, the water resources, and stuff like that, instead of having to follow that stupid board. Okay, okay, he sold water here. All right, fixes the water. Okay. Uh, so now water is doesn't sell for as much. All right, now we know. It, upkeep right there would help a lot too, for because it's a at, at its best, it's a pick up and deliver. Right. So when it keeps the economics for you instead of you having to make sure everything's proper on the board, that's another thing that could be helpful. Okay. All right. That one, yeah, I won't argue that that much. I mean, it needs all the help it can get. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it. I'm sorry. That game is trash. All right. Number seven, <laughs> which is a shame because I like Pandasaurus a lot. I like that game. I don't know what your problem is. I, I just, it's not fun. 
at all. Really, it was fun for everybody else who's played it, except for you. That's the second oh, I was game. So of miserable. Your... No, yeah, that, that's the... more than that's not even close to second. I've had a lot more than that. No, no, no. But I'm saying that's the second game where the entire game group likes the game, and you're the only one no, that I'm, dislikes I'm it. I'm sure there's more of those. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just thinking like that one in Architects that's, of the West that's Kingdom. The two most two. obvious. That's the second one we brought up today during this episode. Yep. All right, our next one. You'll be starting us off. Number seven. All right, number seven here. Ooh, I will go with this one. I don't know how they would fix this game, and fine as it is, but I think it would help with like the cleanup and give you more of the ambiance mm-hmm. thing. And then it's a plug and play game as is. We've seen how Chronicles of Crimes work with app integration, yep. and this one for me is Time Stories. Okay, so. I think a lot of it can do, again, with the sound and some of the puzzles that you have to deal with. Um, it actually would be good about, like, okay, we've already got this item. We've got this item. We could take it over here. It yeah. just stores all that for you instead of you trying to remember everything. Uh, and you sometimes get collect the cards, but it just it would be nice to have it in there. And then it could, instead of us having to read certain things that come up it can have it uh explain it to us like in yeah. the narrator voice or when that one guy who's controlling it if you fail he, you're, he the app is yelling at you for it you know it'd be fun hmm. a pair of headphones give that to the one person who's oh, talking yeah. to actually that would not be bad either they can whisper to him well it's kind of like a for me it's like chronicles uh crime where they had mm-hmm. it where you had like the goggles and you're the only one being able to yep. see it mm-hmm. it would work for that as well and i think Especially how Time Stories has really dropped off. Yeah. Um, especially with like the newer ones and stuff like that. If you make a second edition and add the app integration to it, it might help it yeah. in the long run. Maybe fix some of the stories from what I've heard. So, yeah. but honestly, uh, that one needs a lot of the help it can get. Like the first few scenarios that I've played, I've only played the first three. They're fine. I really, I really like the second one. Those first three are fantastic. I yeah. like the first one. It was okay. The second one is what really Marcy got me. Case? Marcy's case is the yeah. one that really got me into it, mm-hmm. and I'm, it, I was enjoying uh, Prophecy Prophet. of the Dragons, yeah. but that that game group fell apart, so it hasn't yeah. been able to been picked up again. I do have like all the most, or not all the expansions, but some of the other expansions over there that I want to get played. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think. An app integration for Time Stories would help it a lot. That's a good pick. Very good. My number seven is a game that is already really thematic. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of a longer game. I like what it does a lot. Um, I just feel like app integration would add on. It would, it would clean up a little bit of the upkeep. Not too much, but it would really bring out the, the theme of the game. And that's Firefly, the board game. I. Yeah. And it would help the cleanup too. It would help the yeah. It would help just everything, right? I mean, it would, it would help the cleanup. Um, and the biggest thing is that when you're flying, instead of drawing a deck of mm-hmm. cards, when you're either moseying along or you know flying in like the the outer area, I forget what it's called. Yeah. Um, and you're worried about reavers. That could have all sorts of crazy random events. I can have other things that add on. I mean, it, it's a really good example with. Return Dark Towers app. If they implemented some of that in the Firefly, <laughs> that would be one of the most thematic games, hands oh, down. Oh, yeah, hands down. It would be fun. It would add to the flavor of it. People who love the show and mm-hmm. stuff, it would be like all giddy because they hear, like, yep. oh, I know that sound bite. You know, I know exactly, exactly. what that's from. You yep. know, <laughs> that's when Mal shot the guy and didn't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, it that would add so much fun flavor to it. Uh, I don't think there's much else to say other than the fact that for theme alone, App would be awesome. Yeah. Firefly, yeah. the board game. Don't disagree with you. All right. Number six. 
I'll be turning this off. Now this one, um, this one honestly kind of needs an app, but it's a game that, this is why it's my number six, is because it's a game that most people don't talk about or even play anymore. Um, it was an amazing idea at the time. It didn't quite work, and I feel that part of it was because of how there wasn't an app, actually. Like, the game itself could be very easy to set up and, and work, but an app would make everything so much smoother just for setup alone. Okay. That's 504 from uh, okay. Freedom and Freeze. Yeah. So the way that they handle the rule book is really simple. They they have kind of like this uh, multi-part uh, three, like binder book. Mm-hmm. It has a spiral bound on it. And you pick uh, three random cards from the numbers one through nine. And then you go to that page for each one. So let's say the number is uh, 375. Okay. I'm going to go the first section of the rule book, which is set up and general rules will be page three. The The next one, the bulk of the rules, will be page seven. And then the last one, which is win game, end game, winning conditions, stuff like that, that would be number five. And they always have different functions. They have a different core mechanism. It can have pick up and deliver. It could have take that. It could have bidding. It could have all these things. And I think that if you just had an app that went and you know spun it all like a roulette, and told you how to set up and described how the game would work with that scenario, mm-hmm. that would solve the problem. Yeah. That's just me. I mean, it because a lot of that problem, and and so that concept is amazing, right? I mean, yeah. like having 504 games. games and uh, like, I love that concept of a, of a thing and it did work. I don't want to say it didn't work because it did. Absolutely, totally, 100%, it did work. Um, some games were better than others, but there was never one that was amazing. But I feel like the fact that you had to reread and learn the rules every single time, that was what made it tough. That That's what made it so I didn't want to play it all that often. I played it maybe a couple times. Um, and then I was like, man, like I like to read my rule books early. I like to have everything set up. I like to know what I'm getting into. Yeah. So that way when I'm teaching people, they understand it. Part of that game would be, nope, all right, everybody, we're going to go into this blind. Let's do this. Let me read like a few pages of rules. And then we'll figure out how to play as we go on and might be wrong. That was the big problem with me. So I think an app would easily fix that. Just even during setup alone, that's all it would need. All right. Moving on to my next game. I don't know. I can't really make an six. opinion on this uh, no. because um, I never played 504. I, I mean, I and nor should you, honestly. Like, <laughs> I don't think you would like it. Probably not. No. The Freedom Fleece is not games, hitting for me. The games were fine. Like, it, they weren't bad games. Yeah. Like, you'd play, you're like, okay, this is decent. You know, it's like a six or seven. You know, it's not bad. But it's just, and, but that concept is fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. And the fact that he, he got it to work is what makes 504 worthy of owning at first. But then I never played it. And it was just, I didn't want to read rules every single time I played it. That was one of the big things that we argue. Like, if you have to re- reread the rule book to play a game, then that's so much extra effort. It's, that's it's not worth it. It's one thing if it's been like a few years, but every time, right. if you keep trying to play it and you have to read the yeah. rule every no, time. Yeah, you legitimately have to do that every time just because. Yeah. All right, moving on to my next one. Um, I don't know if an app would fix this game. Um, mm-hmm. I played it, I did enjoy it. Um, I just don't know how it would integrate properly. Maybe just for like some voice acting and stuff like that to give it more thematic. And this is already a game that's reskinned off another game. And it goes from Eldritch Horror to Marvel. And this one's X-Men Mutant Insurrection. 
Okay. Um, we both did play it. It's over. Yep. Uh, you don't mind that pile over there. I got to figure out how I'm going to do this shelf real quick. So that's why there's a lot of games that are just sitting there for now. Uh, but that one is. It's a it's an old, uh, Elder Sign reprint in a sense, fully co-op again. Um, does some interesting things, but then it's also just kind of like, eh. Like, especially yeah. since I played it after playing X Men United, and that one right. just hits so much better than the that one or the Elder Sign mm-hmm. copycat is. The app integration might make it better, like when it comes to like the threat levels that go up or uh, the. This way, you can hear like voice acting for like magneto or when you go and fight magneto maybe he's taunting you make it a little bit more thematic because it's all it's down to is you're just doing some dice rolls but everything thematic wise would make it better for you and then instead of having to like okay it's at this level especially since that level it's like on a weird track that kind of like a lightning bolt and it's just like why, 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 why can't it be straight line? If it's in red, uh, yellow, or right. whatever, that, then yeah, I can read a scenario that's coming up. The app integration would make that so much better for that because it's like, okay, we're at this level now. Yep. This is what's popping off. Um, but all in all, it might make the game better. It might not. Uh, but it could be helpful for this one because it's. We, I played it the one time. It's on my cell pile. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate too because I am like, I am a legitimate Elder Sign fan. Mm-hmm. I like Elder Sign a lot. And so when you said, oh, this is the Marvel version, I'm like, oh, cool. I'll play a Marvel game. Like, if it's yeah. Elder Sign remake, yeah. I like Elder Sign a lot. And, man, yeah, I'll be honest. I did not have that much fun playing it. And my, and, thing, my thing about it is, is like, if I want the that, that Yahtzee Elder Sign co-op aspect, yeah. I'll play Elder Sign. I have Elder Sign. If I want to play X-Men, I'll play X-Men United. So it was in that bit of a niche that just... If, yeah, exactly. If I, there's two other games, depending on what I want to fill, that would make... Yeah, do it better. Yep. Exactly. No, I don't disagree. All right, our number five. I'll be starting this off. I think this goes without saying. I'd be surprised if this isn't on your list later. Um, Betrayal of House on the Hill. I'll be honest. <laughs> Honestly, it's, that's my number five. <laughs> yeah, Betrayal of House on the Hill. I, it's just it having you and I have both played Betrayal Legacy. Uh huh. We like Betrayal of House on the Hill. Yeah, I enjoy it. it. It's a fun game. I mean. There's honestly no reason you can't have an app for that. Yeah, exactly. Have it ran, not random the haunts, but you can change up the haunts. Mm-hmm. You can change the events. You can have you can have it tell you like what floors come out instead of it just being random. Yeah. You have it a little more concise. You can aim it towards a certain theme if you wanted. Exactly. You can aim it towards a certain difficulty. You could even specify, hey, look, I don't want, I want to do fully cooperative this scenario. I want to do like one V all. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to have a random trade. Like you could set all that stuff beforehand, yep. and it will then decide how it's going to go when it's going to happen. And then you could still like keep the card pulls and stuff like that. So yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go into this room and it gives me an omen. Okay, this is the omen I pulled. You plug right. it into the the system. Exactly. Okay, here we're doing it. You just make your dice roll. It asks if you pass or fail. Yep. Boom! Click pass. Okay, nothing's uh, no haunt for this Easy one. Easy peasy. Yeah, yeah, it it could do so much. And then the big thing about it too is if you're going to be one v all or mm-hmm. secret trader or something like that, and then the trader tone becomes the uh, the yeah, just read off the phone. Yeah, yeah. And then all you need is just a code. It's like, all right, well, if your if your friends have the app, then tell them put in this code. It'll tell you what end you're the scenario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that, and that one part, you just need uh, your phone. Yeah. And then Whereas, that way, like, the person got the big. Um, if it's one v all, 
then all don't have to look over one person's shoulder to read the book. Yeah, you exactly. Read like, it yourself. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, they uh, can even have voice acting and sound effects and ambiance. I'm telling you, it the, should this, happen. This was actually one of the first games that went in my mind for it. Yeah, the, same here. It, it was like, oh yeah, my number five. Oh, we were lucky both of us had this yeah. for our number five. It's just Absolutely. like, it is, it is on my list. Yeah. Because this one of all games could be really useful. It very much could. Actually, I think it would have worked too for Betrayal Legacy. Because I, uh, mm-hmm. I would love to see a Legacy game use app integration just to, for the heck of it. I, nice I didn't and easy. Put, yeah, I didn't put one of them on my list, but I think it would be cool. Yeah, definitely. Cool deal. All right. And I didn't put a legacy on mine either. So, all right. Let's go to number four. That was an easy one. And I'll start us off again. <laughs> uh, my number four is, I mean, it's a little cheap, but I did pick one specific. Technically, it could be any roll and write. But I picked specifically Trek 12. And that's because Trek 12 has the campaign mode in it. Oh, that's true. So, it does lead to that extra, like, hey, you can add ambiance, of course. But really, any roll and write a dry erase board you simply have the board in front of you boom boom don't have to worry about handwriting mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about consumability um all you need is just the components i mean i guess that's you know like say a game like quicks for example well then you'd just be selling a pile of dice so i mean you're not really like i get that but something like trick 12 has two custom or has one custom of the two dice uh one is zero through five mm-hmm. sure someone can cheat and do that um, but that's not a big deal. But you can add on expansion packs and then add on instead of pads of paper, which, I mean, Pandasaurus doesn't excel at, exactly sell it expensive anyway. It's like yeah. 20 bucks for the full expansion. It wasn't that bad. Uh, there, no, I haven't played that. There's, there's a campaign mode. Mm-hmm. There's a solo mode. There is a single, uh, like, just like a one-off, like, mode. So there's three different modes right there. You could tell the campaign. You could do that. You can add in bonus events that might happen. That would be fun. Yeah. Like, that. that's a really simple upgrade. I mean, I do think that it could work with most roll and writes, but that is a good example of the kind of roll and write I'd want to have an app for. Sounds good. Uh, so the next one on my list, I just remembered now, um, does have an app. Uh, I don't know if it's still in use or something like that, but I okay. think they could have done it better. The only good thing about this app is who they got to do the voicing on it, and that was Eric Summer. Yep. Uh, for one me, night. No, this is Dead of Winter. Oh, but I think I, see. I think Dead of Winter could do so much more with the app. This one just read the crossword cards, which is fine. Those are yeah, all you need. honestly, I think they should still keep that in the thing because everybody forgets to do the crossword cards in the game. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and so this would make things easier. It's like okay, we got to draw another crossword card. Uh, this is what's going on, and then. You could also use it for like the searches, and instead right. of like that one bad die, it, it just an algorithm sets it up for you instead. Right. So it's still random, but it's in the app integration, and then the right. ambiance. You can hear like the wind blowing because you're in the winter, and you're doing something, so you're making noise, so it makes noise for you in the game. I think it just could do so much more for Dead of Winter and just give new legs to this game because it's tapered off for me. I believe it's tapered off for you. I have not played it in a few years. Yeah, same with me. And I have uh, every expansion except for the Warring Colonies because this is already a long See, I game. Even have that. I, I don't want that one. Well, I, I got it because it adds in more content. For yeah. either side, the, the base game. Yeah. yeah, you don't need it. Yeah, you don't have to play the the warring part of it. You yeah. could just play it. Part of me is with like extra content, and also um, at that point it was starting to waver off. So yeah. it was just 
No, I'm good. Uh, right. But the app integration for this game to make it better, to mm -hmm. make the cleanup even easier. So, like, oh, you're searching. Okay, you're searching. You do this. This is what I have. Okay, you found a shotgun. You're cool. in the PlayStation. You found a shotgun. Okay, cool. Yeah. That makes it simple. I don't want to shoot the shotgun because I don't want things to yeah, blow right. up and go off. But I think this one would work. So, Dead of Winter. Cool. Not a bad one. All right. Number three, right? Yep. I believe so. Number three. You're starting us off. All right. So, I'm going to have a bit of a run on Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, this is going to be my second of the thirds. Um, and it's a pick I zero Fantasy Flight. Uh, oh, this right. is a uh, one that you've... And, because they've shown that they can do app integration really yes. well. Uh, this one is my pickup and deliver choice, and this is Star Wars Outer Rim. Um, I think it just, I especially, yeah, I just think, uh, like, the the cleanup phase, the cards that are like, hey, this is going on, you use the, the app instead, and then the ambiance of Star Wars, so you hear, like, uh, oh, um, characters are getting the into a... home scream. <laughs> the real home <laughs> scream. Or, like, characters getting into a fight, like uh, my wife and a mutual fr uh, our friend of mine. They were Got in a get... fight? No. Over this game? Wow. Well, no, but they fought in the game because oh. my wife was playing the droid and she needed to steal his droid mm. to put on her crew because she needed an all-droid crew. So when you go over there, it's like, okay, and then it puts the sound effects of the ships fighting and, the, you know, the laser battle. And it's like, okay, cool. this is what's going on here. And then, like, um, if you're a faction that's coming into your uh, space, it has this going on. It just, the app integration can do so much for this game. And it's funny because I picked this one. I was also thinking of Star Wars Rebellion. But because of a lot of the hidden factors that Star Wars Rebellion needs to be in place, like the Rebel base needs to be hidden. Um, so it just wouldn't work as well for Star Wars, uh, unless for Rebellion over Star Wars Outer Rim. Because Outer Rim, it's just it's a lot of card stuff that you don't need to worry about. Just mm -hmm. let the app decide what popped up, who this person is. Especially when you're talking about like putting out the, all those little pieces of the little different areas yeah. to see which one's going to pop up because you got to find someone specifically. And so the app could do, take care of all that. Okay. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. That makes sense. So for me, my number three is Star Wars Outer Rim. So my number three is is very much self-serving, but I do have, I have two very, uh, one and a half very legitimate reasons why I think app integration would be fun. Um, that's Carcassonne. Now, hear me out on this because you're giving that look like huh why would carcassonne be it's for two reasons one i think it'd be amazing to see stuff in ar mode like as you're looking at it you see like the buildings pop up off of it it again totally unnecessary that's the half yeah. the other one though is i now have pretty much every expansion that carcassonne ever made mm -hmm. so there is like random vineyards and like uh buildings that are like cloisters but not cloisters they're like uh like cultists or whatever yeah. you have like the like these um lakes that have fairies between the two okay and what i would like is is a way to scan the tile and it tells you all of the features and what they're used for and things that you can choose to do and why <laughs> so it'd be more of a reference app than anything it'd be nice and simple but then you could just simply scan it, and I think it would oh, utilize work, the camera part of it. The work for that app integration would be yeah. paid. And again, it, would, it wouldn't be for the functional functionality no, 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 of the gameplay. It would just saying. be simply scan the tile. It will say, oh, there's a vineyard. Potentially, you can get points this way. Or these no, no, are trade get, goods. Get points I get what way. you're saying, but just the, the fact that they have to app integrate 
each specific tile, yes. then you have to make sure... Well, I mean, like, technically, right? Yeah. yeah. Really, all you have to do is, is every feature. Yeah. And as long but as it still, can detect that would be... it, it would be a pain. <laughs> and I'm not going to claim that I know enough about app building that I could justify that I know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying I think that would be an extra little bonus uh, to help out with the reference and stuff. Because I have downloaded like the there's some users on board game geek that do an amazing job of creating the ultimate like carcassonne rule book yeah that's the compendium of everything and it's like 90 pages long or whatever that explains every rule all the functions variants whatever you need to know of every expansion and it covers it in perfect detail but i don't want to have to read a book that big or even print <laughs> one out that it's un. I don't like doing stuff like that, and I don't want to find a specific rulebook for. Like I've avoided playing with certain expansions because I don't remember what certain parts do, okay. and I feel an app would fix that. Yeah, it would, but yeah, just to work. It offer, would be yeah. a pain in the butt, I'm sure. Yeah. But there you go. Is that our number threes? That's our number threes. Number Moving two. Number twos. There we go. Me. Yeah, be you. All right, uh, my number two is the last of the Fantasy Flight games. And this one is just, it was simple enough to put on here because they've already shown that they can do app integration and make it work. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite games, and I think it would make it better for you to for this app integration, probably would help shorten the game for one, and that is Eldritch Horror. Into getting app integration for like the Mythos phase. Maybe. Um, uh, maybe make the dice checks a little easier instead of just rolling dice. You could do like certain puzzles or aspects of it. You, they shown what they, you could do in Mansions of Madness. Mm -hmm. Going into Eldritch Horror for this, plus again, add the ambiance. Uh, that's the one big thing I love about Mansions of Madness is like you feel it when you have like these things happening to you, mm -hmm. crowds chasing you, or the puzzle or the house exploding and stuff like that. So. I prefer Eldritch Horror over Arkham Horror. I like the overreaching world aspect of it, especially when you get into um, like the expansions that adds uh, the pyramid thing. You don't need those sideboards for those expansions. Instead, yeah. you can use the app to integrate that as well. So for like the, the going into the dream world, you use the app to do all that stuff. Going into the pyramids, you use the app for all that stuff. It's, or, or the Antarctic. So that's going to help things there. Um maybe make things instead of a lot of like skill checks with dice integrate it with certain things in the app like puzzle aspects or okay i need this skill check to be wisdom or something like that okay this is my dice okay well you don't do that that sort of stuff kind of like what they're doing in mansions of madness i think it would make the game move a lot quicker uh, you kind of make it scenario based and campaign style. So, okay, you're feeling, fighting this elder god now. Okay, that was the easy mode. You move on to this elder god and this elder god. You have these expansions. You can add them in the sideboards. This is one of the first games that I thought of because the app integration would streamline this game so much more than it already is and take something that can take three to four hours, maybe make it a two hour game instead. Right. Okay. Only two hours. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, it might fix it for me. I don't know. But I will tell you one thing I do agree with you with. What's that? My number two is time stories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 100%. No, I agree with you. Time stories needs to have an app. It really does. It does. Again, they could have made expansions easier. Could have added more flavor. Added that. 
add a way to save what you have the, between uh, the games. That would be nice too. You, there could even be a way where you could take a picture of the board state and save your spot. That's all you would need. Mm-hmm. Even just something that's like, all right, hey, I have to stop mid mid game. Unfortunately, we have X number of time left, and this is what we've seen. Yeah. Well, we've done that. When we last time we played this, which was back in I think 2019, probably yeah, was the last time I played it. We took a photo of that of our board state. It's completely moot point now. Because you don't have that photo anymore. No, we have the photo, but we're not going to remember <laughs> anything on that scenario. <laughs> we're on the last expansion, the Versailles one. That we just don't remember anything about it. We just remember how frustrating it was. That's what we remember. So it's just one of those things where I Time Stories would have hugely benefited from an, from app, an app. yeah. And it would have added more flavor to it. I mean, of course, like, I'm I'm picking at straws here because I do think, like, you know, better expansion writing would be better. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. an app would be really great in and I mean, that's, it's that, the future that's, setting, so of course an app would be That's better. another reason why I'm hesitant to get into Time Stories, mm-hmm. uh, back into it again, because I heard it just starts to taper off after each expansion. No, there were some good ones. It it, it does waves, okay. but it, it doesn't, so far it's not ending with a bang for okay. me. I don't know if it will, but... <laughs> it's yeah. been, what, two, three years now? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I've, I've been playing. I have started playing it 2015 when it came out. That's when we started the campaigns. Mm-hmm. I think they stopped. And they were releasing like uh, expansions like every. Their goal was one per quarter, originally. And there's what ten, seven, maybe. Yeah, something maybe. like that. Maybe have... there's one per year now. I'll probably have to, if I do get back into it. I might have to borrow. Yeah, I'll, lend it. I'll lend it to you. That's fine. Because uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to f- look for them because. <laughs> yeah, be nah, I don't blame you. But yeah, Time Stories, hands down, that would be my favorite. Alright, our last one, you'll be starting us off. Alright, so my last one is kind of a cheaty thing, but this is more um, because he already does a lot of the other stuff, so mm-hmm. app integration would be difficult for him. But for me, I picked Above and Below or Near and Far. You could even put Sleeping Gods into this. The, yep. the storybook aspect of what he does put into an app have someone else read it too because some people are not strong readers by I, he I, he means ryan lockett yeah by yeah. he i mean ryan lockett he already does everything else yep. and the thing is like with the story modes and stuff like that there i play with friends who are dyslexic they have a hard time playing when you have this kind of app integration where someone's reading it to you and you just make your decisions and then you get your reward by basing right. your dice checks on it then it makes things so much easier for yeah. people. And so I, I just went with like the Ryan Lockie games. I picked for me Above and Below because I haven't played Near and Far, so I can't make a decision on that. And I, I enjoy Above and Below a lot. So for me, that purpose of this game is it just makes the storybook part of it so much better and mm-hmm. integrated, makes it feel like you're playing a story. You have someone narrating it to you. Okay, here's my choice. And so this was like... First one I thought about was Elder Tor, Star Wars, Outer Rim, because I was looking at my shelf over here, and they're next to each other. And then I just kind of glanced around, and I'm like, there's my number one. That Hands down, yeah, there's my number down. one. Because it would make it so much easier and more um, welcoming to gamers who have disabilities like that when it comes right. to dyslexia or just people who have trouble reading right. uh, for whatever reason. Have someone else read it to you through the app. 
I thought about like stuff like Wonder Book would be the same mm-hmm. same general idea. No, I I think that's a great pick. I I couldn't pinpoint one specific, but I think that's a great example. Yeah, and so for me, it's just like everybody's loving Sleeping Gods right now. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't played it, so I can't really say how that is. Everybody's playing, uh, or everybody's playing like uh, now and later. I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. Or uh, no, now now or later is the candy. Oh yeah. Um, now or never. Now or never, and near and far, and above and below all storybook integrated games then let the story be told there. And yep. I mean, you could also go in Gloomhaven for that aspect of it, for the narration, but I just think it works with the Ryan Lockett games because that's what he's going for. He's, right. Above and below was the test of it. Mm-hmm. Near and far, I, from what I heard, is like the fully embracing of the story and uh, now and never. Now or never is another one that's really big on the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think just helping with that app integration also is more welcoming to people who struggle or and if they're uh, above and below is not like a very adult ish so nothing no. really scary so if above have, and below hardly has story too like that's I, the i mean like that that was one of the weakest parts well, of well the I thing thought. is that with the story with that one it's just it's it's a selection so if you go below yeah. you have to do skill checks in a sense based on right. your workers and that's why i picked it because just have the app do it because there's so many yeah. stories in there but right. it just depended upon if you're going on the the bottom part of it so this is like a hybrid uh euro ameritrash game before that was really a thing and then he took it to the next level with now and never or um near and far so and then let's not even get to sleeping gods no but so yeah for me above and below near and far sleeping gods whatever you want storybook wise using for the app integration to make it more welcoming to other people that's what i would do oh cool all right perfect and uh yeah and one just came to my head that i thought would be a good one with an app integration like cantaloupe that that point and click style and only just because the little red filament thing that goes over it that reveals the answer we can see because we're colorblind. Yeah. And so it doesn't camouflage it, unfortunately. <laughs> Very well for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had to actively avoid it. Yeah. Anyway, but that wasn't my number one. My number one, like, I, at first we were like, yeah, let's talk about app integrated games and what would be good. And then you immediately said, you know what game you would add on? And that was, that's hands down my number one. <laughs> I got so excited because you're absolutely 100% right on that. Nightmare needs an app. <laughs> Nightmare is one of the funnest games it's not good it's fun and that's that's it was a big made difference when games were supposed to be fun it was made when games were supposed to be fun the whole idea of of nightmare what's set apart from most games is that there is a vhs tape on it mm-hmm. and you put that vhs tape in your vcr you can still but, play it because it's on youtube yeah right? now it's on youtube but they they made a dvd version of it mm-hmm. and now they just did a kickstarter for a reprint which they did it where they were going to upload the the video digitally don't like make it an app have those events happen randomly <laughs> add some more ridiculous stuff like let it be a different scenario each time like just add, even just to make the videos different right yeah. like not even like like just to have them at random times so that way you don't know what it is yeah like have him really berate you for like calling him yes my gatekeeper even have like voice detection like that would be hilarious it's like <laughs> yeah. yes sir like, you didn't say gatekeeper. Yes, my gatekeeper. You know, and then punish them for doing it. Like, just ridiculous, dumb yeah. stuff. I, I I, think that would just be a absolute riot to play. It would be... It's already hilarious to play. That would just take... Ramp it to 11. That would set it up 
where I think hobby gamers now would start talking about it again. Yeah. And they would be like, okay, look, this game isn't good. But, like, all the reviewers would say, but... I can't say I didn't have fun and playing who's, it. Who's, and, who's to say you can't make it good? But right, you absolutely on the scenarios can, sure. With the app, too, so... Man, restoration <laughs> games with that, can you oh, imagine? That would be great. Yeah, I might have, may or may not have brought that up with Rob Davio. I don't remember, <laughs> but... I know I told him Astron, but... Um, yeah, oh, man, I... I, I see thinking of how amazing Nightmare would be. Uh, oh, man. I... I one day, please, <laughs> please, app app developers, just do me a solid. I'll give you like five, ten bucks at least, you know. It'd yeah. be totally worth it. Please make me a nightmare app. Well, I'm glad we left that for last because that, I, I knew it was going to be on your list. I was just yeah. like, where is no, it? Where hands is it? down. <laughs> Number one, it's solid. All right, cool. That that was an interesting list. I, yeah. I, like I said, for me, I was like, I don't know how it would work, but it would help something that yes. needs to help. Yeah. Absolutely. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to join us on one of our live chats, like our friend Illuminous or anybody else who joins us, we normally tend to film on most Tuesdays uh, on twitch.tv slash everyday board games. Times do vary. And roughly, we get try to get started about 7 o'clock. That seven tends to be on time. average. Yeah. So, uh, so it would be 9 Eastern. Yep. Um, you can also find all video re video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do there, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject, especially this one. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And remember, a link to everything is down below. If you ever want to contact us directly, say hi, give us an idea for future episodes, or enter in a possible future or contest for free giveaways, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. You can also get in contact with us on our official Twitter account, at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. This was a fun little topic. Um, how could our podcast be better app integrate? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Everyday Board Games with your host. Daniel. And Daniel. And I totally did that wrong. And thank you for tuning in. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming. <laughs>